Let's turn our Bibles in our Bibles to Matthew chapter 13. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 13. We, we looked last week at the parable of the wheat and the weeds. And again, parables are these earthly stories, but they have a spiritual meaning or a moral meaning. And, and uh, this chapter, chapter 13, has what are called the kingdom parables. And there's seven of them. And, and Jesus says, more than once, he says, he who has an ear, or he who has ears, let him hear. And, and really, for us to hear what God is saying to us through his word, through these parables, through these stories, it depends on how open our hearts are, how open our ears are. We can, Jesus talked about this, we can have our ears open, we can hear, but not really hear. We can see, but not really see. So the wheat and the weeds were, that story was about people and about the state of the world and about the future and, and that the field is the world, Jesus said, and the Son of Man, or Jesus, is sowing good seed, children, followers, believers, and he's working, and he's working today. I believe he's working today, and I believe that, that even here in our midst and in our area that, that, that he wants to... He wants to continue to work and he wants people's lives to be given over to him. He wants people to be saved and, and set free from sin. He wants people's lives to, to live for him. And that includes you and me. The good seed, people who, have, people who are children of God, believers. But we also saw that the enemy is the devil and he's also working. He's sowing bad seed. And, but, but Jesus said that there's going to come a day the end of the age, he called it. The end of the age when there will be a separating, a judgment. He says, don't try to separate them all now. But there will come a day when the wheat is separated from the chaff or from the weeds. God is the judge, he knows. He knows those whose hearts are truly his. My, my prayer and my desire is that, that your hearts would be truly his. That you'd be prepared for that day. You need to prepare now. You can't wait till the day. A lot of people say, I'll just wait till that day comes and, and, and I'll get ready right then. But we don't know. Jesus said, no man knows the day or day. They don't know when it's going to happen. You need to be prepared ahead of time. Two different destinies he talked about. One, the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We sang that song, though, about the other destiny, the other place, the other path, where there will be no weeping. That we will says, it says here that in verse 43, the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. This glory, in the glory of God. We need to be ready for that. Going on to the next... Uh, parables that the two parables we want to look at today are the parables of the mustard seed and the parable of the yeast. And uh, I got to spend uh, some of you, you got some of you are on the email, probably most of you on the email list. You heard that that uh, Paula and I were up in at, at Camp Keswick in New England. And uh, if you want to get on the email list, by the way, all you do is sign up in the back, and we'll we'll put you on there. If you want to get off, then and just sign up and say take me off, and we'll we'll do that. Um, but we, we went up to uh, the Berkshires, and Joe Paskowitz, who is down in Calvary Chapel in Uncasville, Connecticut, uh, had this idea and, and, uh, to put together this camp of worship where, 
where young people from the ages of 12 to 18 could come and learn about worship and learn about instruments and music and all these different things, all these facets of what worship is. And, you know, we, we, we kind of got a late start on promoting it and getting things together. And, and so it was like we got to this place where the turnout was, like, pretty small. Like, there, at one point, there was one person signed up. One. And then, and then I talked to Joe a couple of weeks after that. <clears throat> My role was just to support Joe in whatever he wanted to do. That's, that's, that's what I felt God wanted me to do, just support him and pray for him and, and ask if there's anything I can do, I'll do it. And uh, then I talked to him. Actually, I talked to, to Sarah, who is from our church, who is up there working in the camp, the whole camp, not just the camp of worship. And she said, well, you know, I think there's 12. And I go, oh, no. There's only 12. And I'm going, I wonder how many people it's going to take to make this thing go. And I talk to Joe, and he says, I don't know if we're going to do this thing. And then, then we kind of lost contact, Joe and I, and, and, and uh, I didn't know how many people were going. And, and part of me was saying, you know, I'm kind of tired. I've been traveling. I you know, went on a couple of trips, and I'm kind of tired to go do something different. You know how you get that way. Can't we just stay home? Can't we just not go anywhere? I mean, you know, packing the overnight bag thing, that, you know... I've been in Rhode Island way too long. <laughs> and uh, so then I, then I heard, I talked to Joe, and he says, he says, we got about 30 people, and we're going to do it. And Joe had made this decision that, you know what, we're going to do it. We need this to go for it. It's not a huge turnout, but, it, but we need to go for it. And, and you know what, we, we got up there, and I tell you what, this is just what God wanted. But... The point of this whole story is that Joe could have canceled the whole thing. He could have said, you know what, that's not enough people. And I believe we would have missed out. We would have missed out big time on what God wanted to do. And these, there was 28 kids that came. 28 kids. Some of them didn't, didn't even know why they were there. One kid showed up. He thought he was signing them up for a different week. And he shows up. Oh, this is a camp. What's that? I mean... But he learned how to play the drums when he was there. He didn't even plan on going for the camp of worship. The point of the message really is this, is that we, sometimes we start small and we see what God will do. You start small and see what God will do. That's what this parable is about. Starting small. The parable of the mustard seed, the parable of the leaven, and seeing how things can spread when God is involved in it. This principle of spreading is seen. That something very, very small can spread and can grow and can have an effect. Now, I want to say to you about these two parables, they've been looked at in both a negative and a positive way. Some people look at them in a very positive light, you know, good, a small little bit of good, and it spreads and, and grows. But, but also, and I'll explain to you why, some have looked at it and interpreted it, you know, a little bit of negative, a little bit, little bit of bad, a little bit of evil. It can also spread and grow, right? The principle is true for both, actually. Jesus said, God, uh, you know, that God cannot be mocked. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. So when we sow good... A little bit of good, you know, good can come out of it. We sow bad evil, that's what's going to come up. The plants that we sow will come up. 
But let's look at the, uh, uh, the parable of the mustard seed first. Chapter 13, verse 31. He told them, Jesus told them another parable, and he said this, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all your seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. Again, this is one of the kingdom parables. He talks about the kingdom of heaven here. The kingdom of heaven relating to the kingdom of God where God is king, where heaven rules in our hearts. He says it was like a mustard seed, very, very small. But it became very large. It grew and became very large. One man said these words, he said, proverbially, anything very minute in its beginning, though insignificant at first, it grows and grows, and from this small beginning, great results follow. When you look at the kingdom of heaven, it began with Jesus and these, this motley group of men, really, these, this group of people, and it began to grow from there. It began to spread out. I see this parable specifically, particularly, as very positive in a positive way. The kingdom of God starting off with a small band of people and growing and spreading, something very small and something even very insignificant. We talked in the beginning of Matthew. It was probably a few weeks ago, right? We started Matthew a few weeks ago. I just want to see if you're listening. Are you? Okay. But we talked about those different guys, or actually it was in a different part of Matthew, I take that back, where we talked about the different people that were involved, and they weren't like theologians and Bible scholars and, and uh, you know, priests. Most of them were, were like fishermen and plain, uh, um, I don't think any of them were priests, right? My memory, it's kind of hard to remember. But they were all just kind of simple, you know, plain people. But look what God has done. Now, the whole world has not become Christian. The whole world is not saved. But, but is it not significant and true now that the gospel has spread over the whole planet? Yes, there are still huge areas that we need to go into where the gospel, and some, some places where the gospel has never been heard, where the name of Jesus has never been heard. If you went into places, it's hard for us to imagine this, where you go into places and you say, have you heard about who Jesus is? They'll say, like, who is that? There are places on this planet today where they have never heard the name of Jesus. But even having said all that, the gospel and the the churches is spread over the whole world from this very small beginning. It is spread and grown from that very small beginning. Not all, now, not all that, that we see in the world that calls itself, itself Christian is. We know that. We saw that in the previous parable about the weeds and the wheat that, you know, some, you know, were, were they looked like wheat, but they really weren't wheat. And in the end, in the harvest time, it will be obvious. And God is a judge, and he will be able to sort that all out. And he will sort that all out. Maybe this is what he's talking about here when he says the birds of the air perching in its branches. Uh, Birds, we saw in the first parable, you know, the bird uh, having a a negative connotation in the scripture. That's why sometimes people see this all as negative. The birds, you know, Jesus talked about the bird who would come and snatch away the, 
the, the seed, the word, and talking about the enemy there. But I still see, and I can't get away from this, and I see it, and it's very personal to me in that from a very small beginning, God can do what God wants to do. From a very small seed, God can do something. From you and I, from our small and insignificant participation, God can do something. I have believed this, and, and, and uh, I, I have just tried to live by it, that I, I, I don't have a lot to give, but if I can give that little bit that I have, if I can just show up and give the little bit that I have, that God can do something with it. And God could do something with me. Maybe you're sitting here thinking, you know, what can God do, do with me? I'm nothing. I don't have anything. I may be this tiny little thing. God can do something if you'll offer it, if you'll give it. It says in the book of Zechariah this, who despises the day of small things? It says, men will rejoice when they see the plumb line in the day of Zerubbabel. The day of small things. Who despises? Who says, it's too small. It's not big enough. It's not, I don't have enough. What's happening? You know, we don't have enough stuff happening around here. Who despises the day of small things? God uses small things. God takes a little mustard seed and he makes something big out of it. I want you to turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18 in the, in the books of uh, <clears throat> history, right? We studied this a while back. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41. <clears throat> this is just after the, you know, the big battle with uh, Elijah and the false, all the false prophets on, the, on Mount Carmel. And God was, showed His glory uh, you know, with one man as opposed to all these other men. Again, just one person offering himself. We see in the next chapter that Eli Elijah was really kind of, uh, well, you know, he had a really hard time. And he was very, very human. But God used him in a powerful way. But look at this in verse 41. It says, Elijah said to Ahab, that was the king, he says, go eat and drink, for there is the sound of a heavy rain. He told him those words, there's a sound of a heavy rain. He, he, and, and I believe perhaps God had showed him that there was going to be a heavy rain coming. So Ahab went off to eat and drink. He listened to Elijah the prophet. But Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel and he bent down to the ground and put his face between his, knee, between his knees. Go and look toward the sea, he told his servant, and he went up and looked. There's nothing there, he said. He went up to look. Elijah said, there's going to be something happening. He sent his servant up to look. There's nothing there. He couldn't see anything. There's not much happening. There's nothing happening, as a matter of fact. Maybe that's your life. Maybe that's my life. You, don't see, you see nothing happening. So what do we do? Give up. Of course. Right? Quit. Go back to the world. No. What does he do? Seven times Elijah said, go back. Not go back to the world, but go back and look. Go back and, and see. And look at verse 44, says, The seventh time, the seventh time the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. 
So Elijah said, Go and tell Ahab, Hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds, the wind rose, and a heavy rain came on, and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came upon Elijah, tucking and tucking his cloak into his belt. He ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. There was this little tiny, tiny, tiny cloud. He didn't see it. It took him a long time before he could even see that. But finally, there was this little tiny, tiny cloud. But that cloud began to grow, did it? didn't it? And it got to the point where the sky was black with clouds. But it just started off very small, the size of a man's hand, way, way off in the distance. Something very, very small may not even look like it could do anything. How could there possibly be a storm coming out of that little cloud? It's too small. How could anything come out of your life, out of my life? It's just too small. It's just, we're, we're too insignificant. How could God ever do anything with me, with you? Moses felt the same way, didn't he? You know the story about uh, Jesus feeding the different thousands of people at different times, right? They didn't have anything. They didn't have anything to offer. In John chapter 6, it says, Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. There were 5,000, at least 5,000 people there, right? Five, and notice the word there, small barley loaves and two small fish. And the speaker said this, but how far will they go among so many? How can something so small do anything, right? But when you get Jesus involved, what happened? He fed all those people. He took, he took that little small that that little boy had to offer, something very small, something very insignificant. He, he, he could have said, you know what, I'm just keeping this for me. Lunchtime's coming up. I'm just going to sneak off to the off by myself, and, you know, I'm kind of hungry. You know, little boys, they eat a lot. He could have kept it to himself, right? You and I, you know, we may have that tiny little bit, and we can just keep it to ourselves and say, you know what, I, I'm kind of hungry. I, I, I'm just going to keep that to myself. But he offered it up. In Luke 19, the master said to the servant, because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter, take charge of ten cities. Because you've been trustworthy with something small, you've been faithful in the small things. One more passage that I think applies to you and to me. Jesus said, because you have so little faith, I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as what? A mustard seed... You can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, that's about all I have most of the time, that tiny mustard seed. But he says, if you've got that little mustard seed, and it's faith in a great God, though, that God will do something. He will do something. Nothing will be, will be impossible for you, he said. Now, on the negative side of this, I'll, I'll just mention this, that some see this growth and this parable of the mustard seed as, as abnormal growth, that mustard seeds are not supposed to grow like that. They're supposed to stay small, little shrubs. 
and this abnormal growth, and the, they see it as the church full of corruption, bureaucracy, evil. Someone said this, this parable accurately describes the kingdom community became what the communi- uh, kingdom community became in the decades and centuries after the Christianization of the Roman Empire. And in those centuries, the church grew abnormally large in influence and dominion and was a nest for much corruption. So that's kind of the, the, the other side of it, this, this idea that something was not supposed to grow, but, but it, it grew abnormal. This is, this is how they, they, they would, others would look at it. Again, as I mentioned earlier, though, the, the, the principle is spreading, too. The evil that starts off very, very small... And very, even in our own lives, where we kind of dabble in something that's not good, that's not right, that's not healthy. So it's just a small, it's just a small little thing. But what happens? It begins to grow, it begins to spread it, and it can take over our lives. And that's what happens. That's what, that's what can happen. In the book of Daniel, it talks about the, uh, it says, out of them came another horn, which started small but grew, and it, Later it says it set itself up to be as great as the prince of the host, this rebellion and this uh, uh, turning to this false and wicked uh, uh, horn that, that, that rose up. Let's look at the next parable, 11. Let's turn back to Matthew chapter 13. <clears throat> the parable of the yeast, or leaven. Leaven is yeast. Some of, you, some of your translations say leaven. Some say yeast. They're both the same. Look in verse 33. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough. Leaven is kind of weird stuff, isn't it? Yeast is pretty weird stuff. How many of you have ever messed around with yeast? Some of you, quite a few of you. What are you doing? <laughs> I, read, I read this uh, definition of yeast. It says it is a single-celled fungi somewhat related to mushrooms. It says there are several hundred species identified by science, but one type, Saccharomyces cerevisiae, has been used in baking and brewing for thousands of years. This yeast is kind of a fungi. It's kind of a weird stuff. But what it does, and, and if, you've, if you've messed around with it and you've, you've kind of put it into like some dough or whatever, some, some uh, flour and all that stuff, it gets in there and it, it spreads and it, and it grows and it eats stuff and then gets bigger and bigger and it starts spreading throughout. And, and the word... Uh, that, that we get our word yeast. It talks about bubbles and, and how the, the, the bubbles start growing and spreading throughout this stuff. It's a spreading agent is what it is. And it gives bread its size and its texture and its flavor. It's not a bad thing. Again, I think you can look at this in a, both a positive and a negative uh, way. We use yeast all the time. It's not a bad thing, right, in and of itself. The, the point is that it spreads, but when you're using it, it takes some time, right? It doesn't just happen overnight. I mean, overnight, I mean, I mean in a few minutes. You add this stuff, and then what do you do? You let it sit for a little while, and then what do you do? 
What's that called? Kneading. Yeah. Punching it down, kneading it, moving it around. Then what do you do? You let it set again sometimes. It depends on what you're making or whatever. It takes a lot of time, but, but this process of, of putting it in, mixing it up, kneading it, letting it set, it takes time. And again, I'm looking on the positive side here. Uh, Barclay, uh, one of the commentators that I read, he says this, that the introduction of leaven or yeast causes a transformation in the dough. And he said the coming of the kingdom causes a transformation in life. When you add that yeast to the dough, it changes. It, it turns into something completely different. Before that, it's just this flour and water and salt and whatever you got in there. But you put the yeast in and it starts doing its thing. It starts like... How many of you remember that I Love Lucy show where the, the bread just kept coming out and growing and growing? You remember that? Some of you are old enough to remember that. Some of you going like, Lucy? A transformation in the dough and the coming of the kingdom causes a transformation in life. When the kingdom of God, we, we, you know, we, we begin to allow Jesus to work in our lives, He starts working. It doesn't happen all overnight, but it begins to transform us and change us into His character, into uh, more of what Jesus would want us to be. Another thing about yeast, if it's, if it's any good, right? Yeast can kind of go bad, right? If it's good, though, and you get it started in there, what, what's also true? You get it started, you can't stop it. it. It just wants to go. You can't say, no, I changed my mind. No. Now, on the negative side of this, yeast is, a, in, in the Scripture, it is true that it is a symbol of evil to celebrate the the Exodus and the Passover back in the book of Exodus, the Israelites, they had to eat unleavened bread or unrisen bread or no yeast in there. And they would also have to go and they would have to remove all yeast from their houses. And it was kind of a symbol of sin and, and to purify their houses. And, and they would eat this unleavened bread. There are other scriptures that also talk about, you know, that that uh, it, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, it says, your boasting is not good. He says, don't you know a little yeast works through the whole patch of dough? And, and some of the things we get involved in, they, he's, he's saying, watch out. If you, they're going to spread in your life if you do not watch out. Galatians 5 talks about false teaching that would spread. Jesus talks in Luke chapter 12 about the yeast of the Pharisees, which was what? Who can tell me? The yeast of the Pharisees, of Pharisees, which is, anybody remember? Bible scholars, the yeast of the Pharisees, which is, somebody, anybody? Hypocrisy, 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 go ahead and say that, hypocrisy, now you know what the yeast of the Pharisees is, and it spread, hypocrisy spreads. When you and I are acting like hypocrites, it just spreads to other people. Well, let's all be hypocrites together. So getting back to the idea of this principle that both good and bad, both good and bad, a little bit spreads, a little good, a little bad. But in my 
uh, in my heart uh, today, the message for you and I is, yes, we need to watch out for the, for the bad, and, and we need to be careful of that. But, but my, what I feel God is saying to me and to us today is that a little bit with God goes a long way. A little bit of God working in my life, a little bit of God maybe that I can, that I can step forward and offer goes a long way with God. Thanks be to God, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 2, that who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of Him. Spreads everywhere, spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of Him. What's He saying to you? What's He saying to me? What's that little bit in your life? What, what do you have? Maybe you got five loaves and two fishes. Maybe you got one loaf. Maybe you got one little tiny seed. But God wants to do something. He wants to do something with you and with me. And He can and He will if we'll offer it up to Him. Let's just read verses uh, 34 and 35 and we will close because it's so warm in here. Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. So was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet. He said, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. To those who have an ear, let him hear. What's he saying to you and to me? In the book of Song of Solomon, it says in there in chapter 2, catch for us the foxes. The little foxes that ruin the vineyards, our vineyards that are in bloom. The little things, the little foxes. Watch out for those little foxes, those little things that, that might come in and ruin your vineyard. Watch out for those things. You know, rumors spread, don't they? What else spreads? Whatever, what other little things start off small and spread that are damaging and hurtful? Gossip. Yeah, what else? Lying. What else? What about in our bodies? Pardon? Cancer. These little things, they start off small and they begin to spread and they begin to ruin. False teaching, I already mentioned that. But on the positive side, joy spreads too. A little bit of joy, a little bit of encouragement, a little bit of laughter can spread. In the book of Acts, four times it talks about the word of God spreading. 1 Corinthians 4 says for us to be faithful and, and, and we already read Zechariah chapter 4 to not despise the day of small things. Let's be faithful in the small, small things, not despise them. Take that small step of obedience, whatever it might be. Relish the small beginning. You know, I, I mentioned this camp of worship. It, you know, it was the most incredible week that I've had all year. Start small and see what God will do. I want to see the kingdom of God spread. And he does it. He's chosen to do it through you and me. The kingdom of God spreads through you and through me. Yeah, he does it, you know, miraculously in certain places and times and situations. But most often, he does it through you and me. How did you hear about Jesus the first time? Did you see it written in the sky? Did you, you know, get a track that kind of floated down from, from the sky? Did you find something on the ground? Did you wake up with a dream about who Jesus is? Does that apply to anyone in this room? 
How many of you, though, someone either told you about Jesus or brought you to a place where they could hear about Jesus? How many does that affect in here? Pretty much everyone. that small little mustard seed of faith. Maybe some of you here this morning, you don't have no clue what, what that's even all about, what they're talking about. Well, what we're talking about is what we have on the wall back there, the cross of Jesus, where Jesus came to the earth because he loved the world. And he came and he said, he said I want to love the world. But there's a thing called sin that separates us from heaven, from God. And he said, I am going to come down. The Father sent his son to come down and to pay the price for sin, to die on the cross so that you and I would be forgiven and that we might be able to receive that love that God has and have a relationship with him. I want you to be able to, to know in your heart that you, that you have made peace with God through Jesus Christ. I want you to come here on Sunday and know that, that this is a place where we have peace with God, where we make peace with God, where you can, others of you who have friends, you can bring them here and they can find peace with God here. Maybe you're not an evangelist, but maybe you can say, hey, we're going to do, a, we're gonna do a, a festival on the lawn. You want to bring your kids? We're going to do something at church. Do you want to come? We're going to have a concert, uh, Michael Sewell. We're going, to, we're going to do something different. You want to come? You see what I'm saying? We, we, aren't all, you know, we all have different things, but, but, but <clears throat> this is a place where we, can, where we can introduce people to Jesus Christ. Okay? And, and, and I believe it is, it, it, it is, and it was confirmed to me this morning that my calling... Is that, is that this is a place where you can always bring someone to find Jesus, to be introduced to him. Maybe you're here this morning and you need to be introduced to him. I don't know every person here. But today is a day. Today is a good day. Today is a very good day to give your heart to Jesus Christ.